Enjoy the magic and the men and the comedy behind Talking Tricks with Cain and Abel live. You can see our live comedy magic show at the following places. We'll be at the Brighton Fringe Festival on the 4th, 5th, 6th and 31st of May as well as the 1st and 2nd of June. We'll be at the Hastings Comedy Fringe on the 14th of June and we'll be at Kendall Calling on the 26th, 27th and 28th of July. And then of course we're returning to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival throughout August with two shows. The Two Magicians with Cain and Abel, our brand new show, and as well as that, Split Egg, a magic show about being twins, which was nominated for Best Free Show last year. Visit www.caneandabelmagic for more. You're listening to Talking Tricks, the home of amazing stories from magic, circus, variety, and comedy performers. Hello and welcome to Talking Tricks, a podcast with us, Kane and Abel, two, two magicians Ooh. with the exact same voice. We're rusty. That was We're rusty. unpolished, wasn't it? We're rusty, and I wonder why. Well, hello and welcome to Talking Tricks. What a podcast with us, Kane and Abel, two magicians with the exact same voice. We're there. We're there. And what an episode we have coming up for you today. We will be hearing from Dr. Matthew Tompkins. He's the author of The Spectacle of Illusion, a brand new book that plays a key role in the Welcome Collection, Smoke and Mirror, the Psychology of Magic exhibition, which runs throughout the summer at the Welcome Collection Gallery in Euston. We're going to be unpackaging that exhibition. We're going to be hearing from Matthew. But before then, Kane, where have you been? Where have you been? You know what I think. I know where you've been, but why don't you tell the listener where you've been? Do you really want me to tell them on air where I've been? Just read, just read the bloody statement. Ah, right, okay, yes. <clears throat> Over the past number of weeks, I have been absent from my role on Talking Tricks as a result of feeling the need to take some personal time to, I can't read your handwriting here, time to reflect on the path that I am on. I would like to publicly put on record my sincerest thanks to the patience of the listeners. I understand my actions and have reactions and will endeavour to remain more present and active within the production of the podcast. I would also like to apologise, I'm, I'm not saying this. Say it. I would also like to apologise to Abel for the increased workload I have placed on him by not contributing to the podcast. Really? Yep. Otherwise, we're not doing anymore. By not contributing to this podcast, I agree to be part of. I respect and value you and all the listeners. Well done, Kane. Thank you very much. It's great to have you back. And it's good that you've owned up to your absence. And it is good to have you back. Now, ladies and gentlemen, there is an unbelievable exhibition on in Houston, central London at the minute. It is called Smoke and Mirrors, The Psychology of Magic. It's just around the corner from the Magic Circle. It is just around the corner. So, on a Monday, you've got absolutely no reason not to go. You do. And uh, it asks, what can magic... Oh, you were, were I was reading, reading that. I was reading Sorry. that before you snatched it off me. Well, I wanted to give some information coming up. So I was okay. Carry on. Okay. It asks, "What can magic and conjuring tell us about the human mind?" It is an unbelievable exhibition, and we are going to unpackage it and discuss it. Say what we liked about it. Say what we enjoyed. But before then, there are some live performances as part of this 
exhibition and we were lucky enough to attend the exhibition today which is a Tuesday and as a result we were able to see a live performance it was a part lecture part magic show by Dr Matthew Tompkins and we're gonna hear a little bit about that now because as soon as he finished his presentation and loads of people came and spoke to him we collared Matthew and uh, I asked him a few questions and Matthew joins us on Talking Tricks right now. The number one podcast for great stories from the world of magic, circus, comedy and variety. You're listening to Talking Tricks. And you mentioned at the very beginning of your speech why you were particularly relevant to be <laughs> presenting here today. For those that weren't at the presentation, why are you particularly relevant? Uh, at the risk of sounding a bit egotistical. Um, so I'm an experimental psychologist and I'm also worked out in office a professional magician and I did my degree I just finished up at the University of Oxford in November doing a thesis project on the relationship between experimental psychologists and magicians both throughout history and in the contemporary scene. Super and uh, for those that weren't in the room today can you give us a, a quick snapshot of, of the kind of things you were discussing and presenting to the room today? Sure. So I was giving a kind of a quick, fast and dirty overview of the kind of the contemporary science of magic. So part of what this is, is looking back at magic tricks through a contemporary lens of someone who's a visual scientist and a researcher. And so looking at the methods that magicians have used to produce illusions and looking at what those can teach us about human cognition. So things like, uh, if you're, this is a magic audience, so yeah. So like you can look at a princess card trick, for example, and you can see change blindness phenomena. And there's a lot of really interesting testable situations that come out of magic illusions that you can adapt to laboratories. And that's, again, increasingly popular today. At the moment, it's mostly taken stuff for magicians, but I think in the long run, it's going to be very helpful to magic as well. Here today, it's uh-huh. all about the discussion of, you know, psychology and magic um, going very, very far back and right to the future. Yeah. Have they always been sort of happy bedfellows? Has it always been a match made in heaven? It's been messy, historically. Um, I, there's been some good times and there's been some bad times. I mean, then and now. Um, So I think it's a bit tricky when you start dealing with... So the three things that I'm particularly interested in are kind of the emergence of psychology, speaking historically, the emergence of psychology as a scientific discipline at the turn of the century, combined with the ideas of modern magic, combined with the emergence of the spiritualist movement, and how those three kind of strands interact. So on one hand, you've got like the mediums that are saying, we've got these empirically testable miracles. You can talk to dead people. This is how we know there's an afterlife. You don't need to have faith. We can put you in touch with a dead person who will explain it all for you. And then you've got magicians who are saying that that looks a lot like a magic trick, which is something that would offend a number of people. And also a thing that was like fantastic for (laughs) self-promotion in terms of not only presenting it, but also debunking it was very useful for people professionally and then you've got the psychologists who are just really getting started trying to figure out how you can actually really test these things because that was the claim right with the mediums that these were testable but in order to test them you need to understand a little bit about how the tricks work so you're not accidentally testing tricks (laughs) and it's an amazing exhibition here i wonder what are some of your kind of key highlights for you oh that's it's hard to pick um I am a big fan of the uh, the Hodgson and Davy room. With there's a little room where you can get 
eyewitness testimonies of what were effectively pseudosciences, so explicitly fraudulent sciences, but the people who were watching them, and this was back in the 1880s, were not told they were watching a magic trick. Um, and what you get is this idea, it's one of the very first ever real empirical explorations of eyewitness testimony. And so you see effectively that it's not nearly as reliable as a lot of people would think. And this was a fundamental part of the spiritualist claims, right, is we know that these things have to be true. And still today you get this thing where people have a series of stories that other people have told them. Credible witnesses all have these same accounts throughout history. You have these really consistent accounts of seemingly apparent paranormal experiences. And the idea is not all of these people can be liars. A lot of these people must be honest observers. If not all of them, then at least some of them. So there must be something real here. Um, but the counter to that, maybe, and it's really hard to prove this one way or another, is that testimony doesn't work the way that people think that it does. Um, it's often quite a bit weirder. <laughs> and this is what Hodgson and Davey were able to show. They were able to show from those testimonies that people don't remember exactly what happened because these were scripted. And so they could then, pretty much they would invite people over to their house, they would hold a little seance in the sitting room, and they'd get people to write accounts, effectively letters, telling the story of what they thought had occurred to the best of their remembrance. So obviously seance and uh, mentalism are, you know, a big factor of the yeah. exhibition here. Mm -hmm. um, why do you think the public are, are still so interested in, mm -hmm. in those areas? Is it a case of they want to believe? I think it's an interesting situation with the kind of the bizarre magic, the mentalism, the seances. I think mentalism is in a really interesting space today, um, which as a scientist can sometimes be a little bit uncomfortable for me um, when people are making claims about using psychology to create effects, things like, I don't know, like lie detections and like guess which hand where you're using a variety of different methods, which are not necessarily to pick an example, like the idea of like neuro-linguistic programming is something that people use effectively, like they used to use abracadabra. It has about the same meaning and relevance. And I think it's fantastic theater, but I think it can be a little bit problematic. The public can, people that don't know about either magic or the science can get a bit confused as to what real and what isn't sometimes. And there's a kind of certain way of looking at magic mm -hmm. that on this podcast we've discussed actually mm -hmm. with people that see one side and people that see the other. So I'm yeah. interested to see where you come, uh -huh. come at this. There's, Disclaimers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some people believe that mm -hmm. actually if somebody knows what is about to happen in a magic mm -hmm. trick, that decreases their enjoyment in it and the impact. Other people I know have said that they think if you say this is what's going to happen, and then yeah. you perform it. People get prepared for it and therefore mm -hmm. enjoy it even more. I wonder if you kind of have a viewpoint either way or whether you're yeah. totally on the fence and can see the benefit of both ways. I mean, the thing I like about that is it's a very testable question, right? So you could very easily do an AB kind of or more because there's obviously that's more complicated than just the dichotomy. Um, I think that really depends on the script and the effect because obviously there are certain kinds of challenge things where if you want people to get the most experience out of the effect, you want to explain to them, say you've got a really visually bulletproof thing, that they can be looking exactly at you. But then there are other stuff that's really brilliant that you don't want them to know in advance. So I think the answer, not to weasel out of it, is depends. <laughs> Beautifully weaseled. Um, am I right? Professional. <laughs> yeah. Am I right in thinking your book is, is on sale? It here? is. Uh, so tell us all about that for someone that hasn't seen it before, don't know what the book's about. So my book is, was originally commissioned as a companion piece for this exhibition. 
And what we wound up doing was kind of three narrative threads, which I mentioned, which is, again, that emergence of experimental psychology as a scientific discipline, combined with stories of kind of mesmerism and spiritualism that were happening at the time, these kind of extraordinary claims that people were saying were testable, combined with how magicians were working within both of those camps to various degrees. And you get fantastic stories, um, especially for psychologists that are somewhat forgotten so like that Hodgson and Davey work in particular, one of the key studies of memory, arguably one of the earliest ones, but mostly forgotten. <laughs> You've got kind of early versions of that kind of, not getting too spoilery, the basketball game video. Um, but you can see ideas around that going back to the turn of the century, but you get these really fascinating situations where you've got unnoticed studies about noticing. <laughs> right. um, and the contemporary scene as well, which I think is really exciting. It's kind of a renaissance of interactions between contemporary performers and contemporary researchers, some of whom are the same people these days. <laughs> and obviously you've been kind of performing here and I noticed a lot of people came up to ask you questions I wonder who has there been is it been sort of 50 50 with regard to people have questions about psychology Mm -hmm. questions about magic who who are the people mainly that are kind of making up the attendees to this and and what are they interested in it's hard to gauge from my weird samples of who talks to me but uh, the questions have been I think a fairly even split of like the kinds of things you would get as a magic show like oh can you tell me how you did that kind of questions um to questions about the history of like oh you mentioned this particular character can we talk more which is a question I'm much more comfortable approaching directly (laughs) and um one answer might be because it's free but there are big cues to get in here today um (laughs) It's a fantastic exhibition. As a magician, I'm obviously enthralled walking around it. But I wonder, what do you think's made this uh, exhibition so popular so far? Well, I think it taps into a lot of the fascination with the magic and the psychology. Um, and also the kind of the paranormal stuff as well. These are, I mean, whether you think it's true or not, or whatever your opinions on that, you got to admit that it's fun stuff. <laughs> Um, And so I think tapping into just that curiosity, the fascination of magic performances, this idea, psychology to a degree is still a very exciting topic for people in terms of scientific topics. (laughs) Um, But combining all of those together, combined with the history stories, I think is a really excellent medley of different topics that seems to be working out very nicely for the curators. I'm very pleased to see it and see people enjoying it. (laughs) Super. And final question. This one's quite an easy one. Uh, Where can listeners find out a little bit more about you? Oh, so I do have a website, um, matt-tompkins.com. That's M-A-T-T-T-O-M-P-K-I-N-S.com. And, uh, yeah, if you want to read a little bit of my writing, if you want to listen to some, or, well, actually, you can listen to some, some satanic lyrics, um, read about fourth-dimensional spirit people and why they may or may not have existed, or uh, there's one sort of similar to that basketball game about a man who tried to haunt an adult movie theater using a bedsheet and what that tells us about human attention. Super. Matt, thank you very much. Cheers. <laughs> and that was Dr. Matthew Tompkins directly after his presentation at the Smoke and Mirror Psychology of Magic exhibition. Uh, a little bit more on, on Matthew's book. So it is called The Spectacle of Illusion, Magic, the Paranormal and the Complicity of the Mind. It is available for just 19.95 at the Welcome Shop in Houston. Uh, professional magician turned psychologist Dr. Matthew Tompkins traces the evolution of the arts of magic and illusion from the 18th century onwards 
this highly illustrated book, and it is a highly illustrated book, published to coincide with the exhibition. It features newly commissioned photography, uh, wrapping boards, tilting tables, ectoplasm, automata, and illusion boxes. This unnerving volume highlights how reliable our minds can be and how complicit the perpetuation of illusions. It's a fantastic book. I had a little flick for it myself. I really would recommend it. Um, but a little bit on the exhibition from two magicians that have been to it. Uh, Kane, personally, I, I really liked it. I thought it was really good. What would you say? You, like, you liked it and you thought it was good? Yeah. What did you like about it? Oh, I, I like the artefacts. You like the artefacts? Yeah. I feel like I'm having a conversation with a five-year-old at the moment. What? It's a bit unfair. I liked it when they told us things I didn't know. <laughs> I liked it when the man was funny. I liked it that you could go in the gift shop. I liked it that we all got the same amount of money to spend in the gift shop. I liked it that I could buy things from the gift shop and take them home and tell my friends about the experience I'd had. I also liked it that you could take things home from the gift shop. I liked it that it was a sunny day. I liked the sun. <laughs> the I, sun was warm on my face. I liked the sun too. I liked the ice cream we had afterwards. It did taste a bit like diesel though. Diesel did ice cream. Did you hear that? Yeah. The, they're banning ice cream vans. What? Because of the diesel. Too much... What? Because they have to keep the, the meter running. Right, and it pumps out all the smoke so that they can do the whippy and keep the freezer on. So it's pollution, pollution, yeah. London's going to get rid of ice cream vans. So was I polluted? Was my ice cream I had polluted? No, but you were polluting, you're polluting the earth by having an ice cream. I liked it when the man was funny and <laughs> the man did the performance in the show. Okay. Speaking of performances in the exhibition, so in all seriousness... If you are going to go to Smoke and Mirrors, The Psychology of Magic, you might as well go on either a Tuesday, a Thursday or a Saturday because those are the only days that the live performances are on. Um, so Tuesday, the there's performances at 1.30pm mm. and 2.30pm. Don't you dare make your bloody stock street cheap gag about the Chinese dentist. I was, no, I was just going to say that that's uh, good times if you're a professional magician. You're probably not doing anything Tuesday afternoon, so that's a good time for them to go. Well, let's face it. If you're a professional magician, you're probably not doing anything at 6.30 and 7.30 on Thursday. Also good for the 9 to 5ers. Proper for the 9 to 5ers here. Yeah. Saturday morning, 11.30 a.m., mm -hmm. There's a performance and then another one at 12.30pm. So these are performances incorporated in the exhibition. They're performances by Matt that wrote the book. Yeah. And does the performances. Yeah. Yeah, he does. And also, there's bit of magic. Yeah. Bit of talking. Yeah. Yeah. What was your favourite? I mean, we don't want to give too much away, but did you enjoy the magic that he did today? Yeah. There was one trick I really liked. We won't give... Which one? I like the one with the slates. Did you? I did. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he had, I thought he'd given some thought behind it, and I liked the Led Zeppelin involvement. Well, you, that is completely giving it away. That's a spoiler. That's an absolute spoiler. I don't mean yeah. so. Now, also on 
when we're talking about live performances, there is a special event as part of the exhibition. Now, this is only happening once. On Friday, the 10th of May, between 7 o'clock and 10 o'clock, they're doing a special Seeing is Believing event. Can you believe your eyes? Join us for a night of spectacle and illusion, wonder and deception, magic and trickery at this evening of performance, talks and workshops inspired by the Smoke and Mirrors exhibition. Now, this Who's is... Who's doing that, Abel? Do you know? I know. Who are the magicians? It's not Matthew. Matt told me during the interview, after the interview, actually, yeah. that it was not him. So it's a mystery magic show. Mystery We've got magic no idea shows. who it is. Yeah. And but uh, am I reading that right? Mm? Is it three hours long? Yeah. It's three hours long, and it's also free to attend, but you've got to book online. Okay. You can go online and book now. It was four days ago it opened. Yeah. Yeah. So book online. It's probably, it's probably sold out. Well, go and have a look. And that's fun. Now, talking of people tricks. that might be performing, talking of tricks, Will Houston might be involved because Dr. Will Houston was part of the exhibition. Did you enjoy his involvement, Kane? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> did you? Yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah, I liked it. What did you like about it? <laughs> I liked it when he was funny. <laughs> <laughs> and informative. I don't want to give too much away. Well, Will Houston was in the misdirection part of the exhibition. We won't give much what? away. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know Steve Della was there. There was a misdirection <laughs> part of the exhibition. Uh, the exhibition is split into three, three different bits. And we'll tell you what these are. And there is the misdirection bit, which Will Houston does some nice videos on. And also, key highlight of that for me, Dan Brown's Gorilla Head. Mm-hmm. That was fun to see, wasn't it? Where's the body? Where's the body? Where have they put the body? And then um, there was quite a good few artefacts. What did you think of the misdirection zone on its own, Kane? Did you like it? Yeah, I liked all of it. You liked I all liked, of it? Like... You don't want to say anything about it, don't you? You've been all... I, want them, I, I think people are going to make... I think by now they've either decided that they're going to go... Yeah. Or they've stopped listening to the podcast. Wow. So I reckon... Ah! That was one of my favourite bits. Right. Which bit? Kreskin's um, ESP board game. Yeah. From 1967. Yeah. Yeah. In the mentalism zone. That was a really cool... That was a, a cool artefact. They sold two million of them. Did you know? I didn't know that. They sold two million of them. Didn't read that on the thing? Yeah. Imagine that, having a board game. Yeah. Releasing it. Yeah. Selling two million of them. That's what Kreskin did. Yeah. What's the film loosely based on Kreskin's life called? Isn't that wild? Isn't that wild? It's got John Malkovich in it. Down now. They Down can just Google it. Down now. Just Google it. Google it. Kreskin film. John Malkovich. Yeah, the Kreskin stuff was very good. Very nice picture of Kreskin. Misdirection zone's good. And then the other one is the medium. Lots of fun spirit medium things in. A few handwritten Harry Houdini letters. That There's I lots of old stuff that I liked. Stuff from like, you know, 19... 19- Six. Some nice big posters, all sorts going on. The exhibition is curated by A.R. Hotwood and Honor Bedard, curators that did not get back to our request to talk to them today. But they, they might do. Okay. They might come on. It's too late though, isn't it? We've done it. Podcast. Well, I, I think an interview with them would be good. The exhibition runs from April the 11th until September the 15th. It's free to attend. It's in Houston. Smoke and Mirrors, the Psychology of Magic. We went today. For nothing, and as a result, I feel we should promote it and tell people we love it. Well, hang on. You're making it seem like we were invited guests there. I, d- I don't... I, it's free for everybody. What? 
It's free entrance, no matter who you are. But we were there today within, as within theory. We were there as special guests. There's certain today. people that they might look twice at. And not let in. Yeah. Well, they let us in. Recent guests on this show, I think they would look twice at. A recent guest on this show? Magic Sam. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> they think he's a trap. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably true. Magic Sam <laughs> probably won't be allowed in. Uh, Paul Debeck, what do you reckon his chances are getting in? Oh, yeah, getting in today, like, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we had a great time. And, you know, we kind of thought we'd go and maybe talk about it this week on the podcast. And then we got that interview with Matt. So we're like, we'll definitely play the interview. Definitely do some rambling about it. We've done some rambling. I think we're done. Yeah, I think we're at the end of the podcast. Do you want to tell That him? was the thing I was going to say. That either they've decided to come mm. or they've stopped listening to the podcast. Coffee was good, though. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you ever so much for listening to Talking Tricks with us. We will endeavour to bring you great guests every week, and uh, we've got some good guests lined up. Next, next week's week. is an absolute corker. Next week's is a real corker, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I don't actually know. We've got. Have you booked someone for next week? Ah. Uh, have you done a booking? I may or may not have booked an award winner. You see, that's the only clue I'm giving you. Sorry. Yeah. I didn't tell you that. Because when you went next week's going to be good, someone, yeah. I was like, oh, next week's going to be brilliant. And I just realised I haven't booked any. You've booked someone for next week. Uh, maybe. Well, do us a favour. Rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. If you have listened this far, bloody rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. Help us grow on iTunes, Podbean, Acast, wherever you listen to the podcast. And all we'll say is this... As you may have heard in our advert at the beginning of the podcast, we are at Brighton Fringe this weekend. Mm. Pop on down and see us there, but also pop on down and see some of the amazing shows that there are there. We often do a little gig of the week. Instead of the gig of the week, we're going to put Ed Kane on the spot one final time. Whistle off a few people that are performing at Brighton this year that you've eyed up, that you fancy, that you want to go and watch. Well, you have caught me generally off guard. Mm. I don't know the dates of any of these people, because you actually have caught me off guard. People can Google. Some friends of the show that I highly recommend going and seeing Headfirst Acrobats. They're doing their new show, Railed. Good friends of ours. Go see that one. That's your big sexy circus number. It is. And I think they're doing um, the pirate show there as well. Are we there yet? Are we there Family-friendly pirate show. They're definitely doing that. About um, pirates that go looking for treasure and end up finding friendship instead. Beautiful. That one's got a meaning. John Hicks Kick Mouse, as I mentioned, a little bit weird. Um, Alternative comedy, I would say. Lovely guy. Great show. Maybe we, we should try to get him on at some point. We can send an email. Man of 1,000 farces. Oh, or a thousand farces. Go see that again. Bit alternative. Alfie Ordinary. Yeah, he's there. Pam's Palace. Oh, Pam's Palace. Pam's Palace. We met these ladies. You get a free haircut. You get a free haircut. We met these ladies in Australia, but they are English. Yeah, and they're here. Uh, Pam's Palace, maybe we'll go get our haircut one day. Pretty much my recommendation. That's enough, isn't it? That's enough. How long are you going for? No, that's fine. Well, do you know what? Whilst we're down in Brighton, we'll try and speak to some people that are performing at the Fringe and we'll get you those interviews. But for now, thank you very much for listening to Talking Tricks. Thank you for listening to Talking Tricks with Cade and Abel. Please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast.